Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, it's your girl Queen to the ATL Hookah Queen, and I just jumped off the porch with Dirty Glove Bastards. Yeah. Big, big, oh! Got some bands on it, time to switch, huh? I've been Dutch, go for shit in this matrix, watch me glitch, huh? Yeah, they call me Queen, but I. Alright, so we got the one and only Queen jumping off the porch with us today. Hey! Let's go! <laughs> So welcome first off, and how are we feeling today? I'm feeling like I'm floating on the cloud right now, to be honest. Um, I'm just blessed, grateful to be alive, man. Just just really, just ready, ready to get into it. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a pleasure to have you on the porch Thank with you. us today, too. And you know, this is a little different entourage than what we're used to. Yeah. So I need you to go ahead and introduce your people yeah. sitting up here with you today. Okay. Too. So these are my baddie bays. A lot of times when people see me with a lot of women, they think that we just some twerkers. They think, you know, um, that we just some, just an ordinary entourage. But these are my baddie bays, AKA my homegirls. Um, this is my sister Shauna, also my hype girl. Um, you probably see her right next to me on the stage every time that I'm performing. Um, she does real estate. So this is, um, you know, she basically flips houses. She's also an investor. So when you see my baddie bays, just know that we got motion. Okay, then I got my girl to Diamond. Okay, first of all, she is one of the hardest rappers out of Texas. Y'all be looking out for her. Okay, and um, she's also a finance manager. So if you need a new whip, pull up, pull up, pull up. Then I got my girl Tisa, AKA my lash baddie bay. She has her own lash establishment, um, Just Right Lashes. Y'all can follow her, Just Right Lashes. I am Superstar Shauna, follow her at Sadam. And then I got my mascot, but not only is it my mascot, this is Kennedy. She creates most of the things that y'all see me in, all of the drip or whatever. Don't ask me how I got in it, but I got in it, baby. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah, those are, um, these are my baddie bays. This is just like, probably 5% of us. So, okay, yeah. mm -hmm. so there's even more. Oh, there is a whole flock of us, like, yeah. <laughs> so anytime I ever shout out, if you rocking with me, you my baddie bae, if you a, a dude, you a bad boy. So yeah, baddie bays and bad boys, hey, turned up. <laughs> so I know people are gonna be watching this right now. They just tuned in, they're like, what's up with the eye? Can you break down your logo and why it's an eye? Okay, so the eye represents the evil eye. A lot of people have a misconception about that. It's for protection. Um, just to fade off anything, any negative energy, it's about my frequency. And a lot of times people are looking, judging, assuming certain things, and they're casting out energy on you. So it's really, a lot of people say to turn that energy back to them, but I'm not trying to reciprocate anybody's energy. It's just about protecting me and myself, my brand, my family. So the eye is really for protection. That's what it's for. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And it's, you're branding it everywhere. Can you show them in the, pad, the paddle and everything right. too? There it is. Get off my strap, folk, for I beat you with it. Hey! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so before you were making music, you were, you were selling life insurance, is that correct? 
Um, no, so that's a great question. So before I was doing music, I was into sales, and me and my sister had a hookah company, ATL Hookahs. Okay. So um, pretty much the life insurance kind of came after the pandemic. I know we probably get into a little bit more of that, but before that, I was deep into sales. Um, I had a few management positions. If you've been in sales, you know how it goes. It's up and down like a roller coaster. Yeah. So anybody that's in sales, we already know we just have to have the mindset to win, and that's one of the reasons why I just became one of the best closers. So yeah. Yes. <laughs> Oh my God, yeah, so yeah, that's what I was doing before that, but um, life insurance kind of came a little bit afterwards. Okay, so how do we get termed, coined, the ATL Hookah Queen? So um, ATL Hookah Queen came about, me and my sister, we've been doing hookahs, well, we started out doing hookahs a while ago. We were in the business for about 10 years. Um, we started with ATL Hookah, she actually founded it, and uh, basically she landed this spot called Barnacles in Duluth, which is now, I think it's Dreams ATL, shout out to them boys, um, but basically, Shout out to Samson um, for putting us on too out there in Duluth. Anybody, y'all already know. Um, and pinups. Oh, and pinups. A lot, a lot of people, a lot of pizza bar, but Samson and Duluth was the first one that put us on so, uh, at, at Barnacles. But basically, my sister and I, we had a, a, over a 10 year run, over a decade, and people always, my nickname has always been Queen. So um, people would always be like, you know, my name is Quisha, so obviously, you know, you're gonna get Kusha, Keisha, Kata, Keisha. I don't know how it's so hard to pronounce, especially if you look, like, how do you not know? Everybody knows somebody named Quisha, Quee Quee, or they've said Bone Quisha before, which is like unacceptable, but I accept it. <laughs> Anywho, um, but people kept calling me Queen, and then um, they would be like ATL Hookah Queen, and so I was like, dang, I really, really like that. I embraced it. Um, we were doing a hookahs, my sister was doing it for a while, and basically, um, she needed my help. She was going crazy, going dummy, selling about 40 to 50 hookahs a night by herself. If you do hookahs, you already know that's like a nightmare. You probably faint doing it by yourself. So um, I was doing the sales thing. My baby father had passed and I was just kind of trying to, just wiggling my way, trying to figure out, you know, my next direction. And um, anyways, I came and did the hookahs with her. We lit it up. We started getting locations. We had about over 10 in our run, probably more than that. Some of it was off and on because, you know, being a female entrepreneur, guys always trying to bang instead of letting us do our thing, you feel me? So um, any hoots, people started calling me ATL hookah queen, and I just kind of ran with it, and I embraced it, and I love it because um, first my journey was, like, really rough. I was not really so into hookahs. I would be fainting. I would be like, not fainting, but I would be like damn near about to faint. And uh, anyways, once, once it started to like really pop, um, I just embraced that name and everybody just crowned me the queen of ATL hookahs. So, and don't get it twisted. This is the queen too. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> she founded it. So that's my, my sister, my little sister. So yeah. Mm -hmm. no, that's yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so you, you mentioned your baby father passing away. How long ago was that and how did you deal with that? Because I'm sure that's a very uh, traumatic experience, first off. It's something very difficult to go through as well. Um, so my baby father, Jarvis McNabb, if y'all from Cobb County, SV Smyrnaville, um, we by way of that route too. Um, shout out to everybody in Cobb County. But he was, he was, they called him the King of Cobb. He was J-Nabs Jarvis and he passed when my son was in kindergarten. That was over 10 years ago. That was about 10 years ago actually this year. Um, and Basically, he was shy. It was a lot more to it. Um, he was sh just shot, and he, they took him to Kennestone. They call, I ain't going to tell y'all what they call Kennestone, but if something ever happens, you know, I don't want to talk down to about any um, hospitals, but try to avoid going there if you can. Um, but he passed on site. He was pronounced dead. So any hoots, um, that was really, really hard for me. Um, I kind of had to stop my entire life. I had to move to the hood. I moved to Bankhead over there by the blue flame. 
Mama stayed off dogwood. My son used to be singing that when it, <laughs> it came on. Um, but anyways, I had to move out there and kind of be solo dolo for some time. And um, that's how I kind of found my way through ATL hookahs. But that was really rough. Um, my, the father of my son, he didn't have life insurance. And uh, kind of, it kind of left us high and dry, you know what I mean? And someone kind of told me about life insurance, my Uncle David actually, to be exact. Shout out Uncle David for introducing that to my life. Thank you. Um, but he told me about it and he said, hey man, you know, we don't want your son to go through what his dad went through. You know, if his dad had a policy in place when he was a child, he could have, you know, had cash value building up in that and probably could have, you know, taken out some money. Y'all could have bought y'all first house whatever the case may be. And, um, you know, it's just important to get multiple life insurance policies. So if you have a baby daddy, baby mama, no matter what you're going through, get y'all some life insurance. Because I can assure you, like, that road, I'm still grinding to this day trying to figure it out. Just imagine what it would look like if, you know, your significant other or somebody else that passed, whether it even be your mom or grandparents, you know, a lot of people would be in place financially if they had a policy in place, just a minimum $100,000, you know, so, um, if I, if I get too caught up into how I felt, because um, I'm really a person that feels, it'll probably make me cry. But I, I honestly wasn't able to mourn it fully. I kind of was a zombie for a while. Like I just went out and I, I kept going, I kept going, I kept going, kept working, kept doing sales. I Ubered a little bit, did the ATL hookahs thing, um, went back to sales back and forth, and it was really strenuous. So losing the father of my son, it kind of helped me realize the importance of, you know, kind of beefing with him. I see a lot of people, a lot of baby moms out here. Oh, you know, you're not gonna see your kid anymore. You're not gonna do this, that, and the third if you don't do X, Y, Z. And it kind of um, takes away from your child's experience. It kind of hinders your child. It's not fair to them. So if I could say anything to the baby moms, baby dads out there, um, get it together, become a team for your child. You know, my son's name is Mars. Um, one thing that we did before he passed was try to be team Mars. You know what I mean? And so, um, all I can say is just, just get it together. Be thankful that, that that other one is alive. If they're trying to do something to help out your child, like trying to see their child, don't hinder them. And this is not my story where I hindered my baby dad from seeing my son, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm elaborating a little long. I'm getting passionate, but I just want to encourage y'all to just be a team for the child. Like don't, thank you, don't, um, <laughs> don't um, you know, focus too deep on your own wants. Focus on the betterment of the child, if that makes sense, yeah. so yeah. No, that's great advice right there, Absolutely. yeah. Thank you. Yep. So, hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. How do we end up becoming a recording artist? Like, when does music enter your life? <laughs> when did it begin? So, it began ages ago, okay? If you know me, you know that I've been doing this for a very long time, and it was kind of hard, um, definitely over a decade. Like, I'm really deep in the game with this. Um, 
but it it began when I was a child, when I was about six years old. I've always used to like do talent shows um, during like Thanksgiving holidays and stuff like that. All of my family, we would kind of like kumbaya. Um, when we first moved to Atlanta, I was born in Jacksonville. So when we first moved to Atlanta, we stayed in Wildwood off of Fairburn Road. Shout out, um, I went to LP Miles Elementary and I would be um, throwing like these big bashes. I would get all the kids together and just ask all of the families to come around, see what we got going on. We'd be playing kickball. Some people would be out there cooking hot dogs and stuff. And I just, I always um, just, just wanted to put on a show for people. It just was a passion, but it really came from seeing Michael Jackson. Like when I was a kid, I thought I was Michael Jackson. Mm -hmm. So as you can see, I'm not like <laughs> this that gonna make, gonna make, gonna make, that's yeah. Janet, but um, yeah. So anyway, it, it started as a child and then, um, let's see, 2020 is when I started to take it serious because I was working um, for a group of guys selling leads to contractors. Shout out to Networks um, because they definitely taught me how to close. Um, rest in peace, KT, rest in peace, Trey. Um, but anywho, they taught me how to close. And um, long story short, let me get to the point. Um, mm -hmm. When everything kind of shut down, I was working on my project pop-off and people would always invite me out to places and I'd be like, I just don't have that one. I wasn't really confident. I wasn't feeling anything, you know, as far as going on the stage. And so um, during the pandemic, I released my project. I kind of just tapped into myself. Then a couple of people in my family got sick from COVID and it just taught me to kind of tap in and go within my roots. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to chase perfection. I think I was like at 6,000 followers. And I just got out there. I created this song called Heroic. Uh, basically, it was a diss song for this guy that I was dating. And I just posted it on like around Thanksgiving time um, during the pandemic. And all my homegirls, my baddie babes, these girls are corporate girls, like girl, lawyers, doctors, girls that's working nine to fives, real estate agents, you name it. Um, beauticians, barbers, like all of my homegirls, they just knew the song. And so basically my homeboy, Mike, who I used to um, do a lot of production with, we used to be up all night um, recording and stuff. But um, long story short, he was like, Quisha, I know you got something, bro. Like they got this thing called Open Mic ATL and these people, dog, they like, and I'm sorry, but this is what he said. He was like, they, they trash, man. I know you a body them, man. Like, they trash, man. Like, Quisha, come on, man. Bring that energy, man. I know you got one. What, what about that song you've been posting on Instagram? Come perform that shit. So I was like, all right, uh, I ain't want to do it. I'm like, he was like, man, they got a prize of $1,000 and a trophy. $1,000. <laughs> Give me that trophy. So anyways, um, pulled up there, and um, I literally missed my cousin's wedding. Sorry, Erica, love you. But I missed my cousin's wedding and uh, I killed that shit. I put on these Mickey Mouse ears. I just was dressed like a cyberpunk, baddie, futuristic bae, and I murdered it. And then I got entered into the finals. And then this other girl, shout out to Kirsten, she was like, um, yo, she met me through this guy I was dating. And she was like, yo, um, this song is hard as hell. Like, heroic is hard. Women are gonna love this. I got, she was promoting it. Um, what's the spot? Azul. And Azul was going up. If you was in Azul, if you was in Azul during the pandemic, burr, 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 burr. yo, we got a section up in there. And when I tell y'all, they played my song and all my girls was like, back up, give me space, back up, give me space. Yeah, and it, was, um, it just went up. And so after that, I was like, oh my God, I felt it. And I just started performing my ass off like everywhere any type of venue that would have me I just started killing it and I ended up winning um first place open mic ATL they split the uh, thousand with me from some guy but I wasn't tripping off that I got a trophy I ain't really getting any trophies coming up so yeah it was it was an experience so I, I so as far as the music 
you can say you're taking the music serious, but until you live, sleep, eat, breathe it, you know what I'm saying? Until you're doing it every single day, you ain't really serious. It's a hobby. And so I used to really feel funny about that. Like, oh, come on, do a show. Oh, man, like, it's, a, it's, 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 I'm passionate, but it's feeling hobby. It's just giving hobby. And so after that, I just lit the streets of Atlanta up and anywhere where they would have me, I just performed my one song, Heroic, nothing else, period. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've right, seen some clips of you perform, but talk about the energy you bring to the to your shows. Um, nah. So, um, so basically, with the energy, right? I try to tap into my frequency, and I want people to feel me. I literally want them to be able to feel everything it is that I'm saying in my veins. Like, and so it's really about me, um, just envisioning being like out. On a, on a huge stage. I always envision myself like Madison Square Garden, um, big, big, big festival vibes. And so um, it was kind of like one of those things where I'm like, if I'm gonna perform, I have to give this all I got. You know, I grew up watching real performers, Busta Rhymes, Missy Elliott, you know, um, Michael Jackson. So when I see a lot of girls performing, no shade or whatever, it's like, we could twerk, you know what I'm saying? But let's, what else can we do? You know what I'm saying? And so that's one of the things that I just feel like I'm going to bring to the table every, every single time, just that energy. So I'm just trying to, normally when I'm on the stage, I'm manifesting millions. I'm like literally seeing people watching me through a TV screen. I'm like at my Grammy performance. I'm like over here envisioning myself with a Jay-Z and Beyonce uh, feature or something like that. I'm envisioning myself with Drake, with Kendrick Lamar, all those people, you know, with the greats. So that's the reason why I go so hard when I'm performing. <laughs> no, it's like a lost art these days. You go to so many shows and rapper just standing there with yeah, the mic, yeah, just saying half the words, if that, you know, <laughs> rapping over his own vocals and stuff, so. I, mean, no, I applaud you for, you know, putting some energy yeah. into a real performance. I appreciate that. And it's something that I feel like is very, very far and in between. Um, but it's something that I know that makes me stand out. I'm dead serious about it. Before any performance, I'm lighting up, you know, inside of my mirror in the bathroom. I don't care if I perform it a uh, hundred times, you know. Um, the story only gets old to the storyteller. There's somebody out there that I'm going to connect with that hasn't seen me. And the minute I lock eyes with you and I see that you in, I know. <laughs> Huh, come here! That's that back, back, beat Mortal Kombat energy. Yeah, so yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's my take on performing. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, can you speak about your fashion sense? Because uh, it's very unique, to say the least. Like, who's your inspiration? Have you always been into fashion? Have you always been into dressing different? Um, yeah, I mean, I've always, like I said, I grew up watching Michael Jackson, and you talking about people fainting in the crowd. You very rarely see that nowadays, and so, um, anywhere that I go, my, what, my wardrobe has to reflect my mood. So however I'm feeling, if I'm, if I'm looking like this, I'm feeling pretty freaking spunky. You know what I'm saying? I'm feeling like I'm about to pop off like boing. That's how I always want, want the energy I want to portray. But um, watching things like the Spice Girls, Missy Elliott, um, growing up watching all the weirdos, you know, Missy, um, I keep saying her name, but um, those are kind of like some of my fashion influences. I can go on and on and on and probably give you way more, but realistically, um, I was the weirdo kid. You know, going to high school, I don't know if y'all remember Gazook, some of y'all may or may not, but um, I had on like leopard pants, sequins pants, you know what I mean? It was just one of those things where I always stood out. So I was never afraid to be different. Like, you know, I, 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 I love that I inspire your desire to be different because everybody's kind of, everybody looked the same to me, to yeah. be honest. So. For me, um, I just want to stand out amongst the clones. 
definitely. No, it's definitely working, that's for sure. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so I got to ask you about the parentheses around your name. What, what does that stand for? So the parentheses around my name, um, coming from, you know, being born in Jacksonville, right, um, you got a lot of Quishas, like in my elementary school, I grew up with Von Keisha, Shorika. I remember this girl, Edishika, or something like that. And so with my name being Quisha, it's kind of like some of the black girls, like we have to realize that we had to find ourselves. Our parents had to find themselves, you know? So we, did, we weren't able to just, you know, a name like Kathy, that's cool, a name like Ashley, that's cool, but that's not from us, you know what I mean? We had to invent our own thing, and so, um, people used to pick on me about my name. They called it ghetto, bon qui qui. I'll see things like, you know, people, if somebody stole something, somebody acting a certain type of way, um, they'll be like, well, oh, that's a, that's a qui qui move, or a bon qui she did that, or a qui she did it. And so one day, um, my parents sent me down, they were like, hey, you know, just want to let you know that you got to think of qui. You know, that's, that's like giving queen. And they nicknamed me that at a very tender age. I was probably about five. And so they were like, whenever you think about Quisha, you need to understand that that means queen. That's the reason we gave you that name. So, um, and it means black queen. And so they made that, they made it up. But at the end of the day, <laughs> um, we had to make up our names. You know what I mean? So to all the girls with the special names out there, I love the fact that it's people like Fantasia, Beyonce, those types of names, because it gives us hope to let people know that you don't have to have a name like Dorothy, or uh, that's like a Poindexter name, but a name like Ashley to pop off, you know what I mean? Or Taylor, you can actually be yourself and, and make it mean something. So the parentheses around my name is just to protect that. It's my frequency. Not only is my name Quisha, it's about. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Gracious. And I believe that um, I embody the essence of who I am. So when you see a Quisha or you thinking about that name, I want people to be like, oh, and the little girls that have names close to mine, oh, that's Quisha, you know, I can be like that or I can, I can be special, I can still sell life insurance, I can be a professional, you know, and um, still have this type of name. Oftentimes, you go to a job interview or something like that and people will look over you because your name is Quisha. They're gonna pick the Ashley, they're gonna pick the Jennifers because or the Stephanies because of the fact that they have an ordinary name. And a lot of people in my community, they will name their child a name that's simple so that their child can get a job. But you know what my mama told us? My mama was like, you know what? You wasn't created to get a job. You were created to, stay up to, to have your own lane. So the parentheses just, uh, it, it represents my frequency and it represents who I am. Um, as a black queen, so yeah. <laughs> I like that. Long winded. No, that's dope right there. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, yeah. so we got the new yeah. single Mosh Pit going crazy right now. Um, first off, just speak on the inspiration for this song when you recorded this. So the inspiration behind Mosh Pit. So I basically um, had came back from shooting my video with Timothy Lynn. Shout out to him because I won the video during that open mic ATL too, and we embarked on the craziest relationship, and he is just going crazy. But I had um, I had just finished my self love video shoot, and by the time it was over with, I had on like this Chun Li outfit, these two puffs with this freaking yeah Chun Li outfit. <laughs> Shout out to um, Missy to Rissy Glitzy Spider because she made it. Um, but I had on this outfit and I realized, oh shoot, it's dinner time and I got to snap into mommy mode. So I'm like, dang, I was supposed to go grocery shopping today. So I'm like, oh my God, I can't go home and change. So I'm like, forget it. I'm just going to go to Kroger. And um, 
I go to Kroger in my outfit. I'm looking cute. I put my headphones on, and that's the only way I can really shop. I'm listening to La Chat. Don't ask me why. I'm listening to La Chat. Um, and this lady, this I'm going to call her a Karen because it's a misconception about like all white people are not this way, but there are some people that just like are an irking to my soul. So the lady's like looking at me. She's following me around the store. So I'm just like, okay. Then she asked me, did I need any help? What's going on? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I'm good. So you know, like when you do the self-checkout, um, it's like, uh, you did not, what is it? Uh, please scan item. Please yeah. rescan the item. The bag. Oh yeah, remove <laughs> item from the bag. So she's like, hey, you have too many items in your bag. This lady does not work in Kroger, just doing the most. So I'm like, man, I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, what are you, she just kept on aggravating me. And so for some reason, my song ended up stopping. And you know, like how if you have um, your, I think I had some instrumentals playing at the same time. And um, for some reason, the chat stopped playing and then, the mosh pit be played, dun, 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 dun. So I'm like, and I'm looking at her, so I'm like, she's at, so I'm like, what, ma'am, what are you saying? I'm just saying this, so this guy comes in, scoots her over, ma'am, we got it, she's good. Well, I said, count everything in the bag. Then here, have a look at my bank account. I can afford to get these groceries. Like, I don't know what you got going on. Well, it's just the way you're dressed. There are kids around. I'm like, ma'am, nobody's hurting from this. Like, no, I, I look like an anime character for all they know. They love this, you know, this is nothing. So anywho, um, I get my groceries, I get into the car, the beat comes on, and um, I had been uh, saying, drop some bands on, it's time to switch. <laughs> I've been dodging shit in this matrix, watch me glitch. Uh. And I had been saying that because I was getting ready to um, swap out cars, my coupe, to um, my little um, my SUV, my little Beamer um, truck. And so um, that beat came on, and what was flowing out of my mouth, I really couldn't control it. I had to get home. I barely even got all my groceries in. So I literally left the groceries, um, downstairs, ran up to my loft, um, I put the, the, um, the, the beat on, and then I noticed that there's this, um, how you say the tequila, classe azul? So I see that, that my outfit is matching the bottle, and I just turned on TikTok, I turned on my other thing, and I just started freestyling, and what started coming out of my mouth, I just, I couldn't believe it. So I took like all the best takes, and I was like, this is a song. Thank you, lady. Like, Karen, you was caring so hard that you manifested a monster out of this. So that was the inspiration behind that. And also, I kind of had um, a situation going on where people were just trying to stop me. So that's why I'm like thinking about her, thinking about it. That's why I'm like, you can't stop. And I'm thinking like, it's just rage. It's just about um, getting women who feel in a certain way. Like, this is not the time to be singing and being depressed and nothing like that. It's about it's a time to have fun and move anybody the hell out of the way that's in your way. So that's how I came up with my spit. Before I beat you with it. No, no, no. Yeah, is, yeah. Is that your usual creative process to where you kind of just punch in, go in off the top like that? Or do you normally write? Or um, so I used to write, but then my friend, um, I used to back in the day be in College Park with um, Ninth Inner Records. Shout out T, shout out uh, 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 the Hot Boy, Trap Boys, and um, Rock DiCarlo, Young Rock. But he taught me that Jay-Z and Lil Wayne, they don't really write. And so he was like, you just got to remember it, man. You just got to keep trying to remember it. And so um, pretty much that's my process. Like I'll get in a whip, listen to a beat, and whatever is flowing out of my mouth, I just kind of catch the Holy Ghost. and. I can't control it. I don't know how I come up with it. It's just my thoughts running amok. And I just pretty much let the words flow. I'll have another iPhone. I'll record that or I'll do a video. And then I just kind of remember certain words and then I'll like write it out. So that's, that's my process on 85% of the music that I make. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. 
So the from the block performance for Mosh Pit just dropped today. Uh, we were talking off camera. I was like, I loved how you brought so much energy to this. Oh my God. That was um, really wild because it was my birthday um, the night before. So everybody was like super hungover. We were supposed to have like so many people there. And um, it was one of those things where <laughs> it was so hot outside. My sister was about to faint. Every time I watch it, I'd be crying laughing. But um, as far as the energy is concerned, I, all I knew is that I had two takes and I just wanted to bring the experience that, um, I call it the Quisha experience that I pretty much have at my shows. Mm. And at my shows, I got people holding up signs, like little fans of my head or whatever. Um, everybody's kind of dressed up like this somewhat. And so I was like, you know what, let's just bring the Quisha energy. Everybody pretty much knew the song. Some of those people performed with me. Some of those people were artists. And so we just, we just killed it. We just rocked it out yeah. pretty much. <laughs> Ooh, we had a time at the machine. Yeah, it looked like you guys had a lot of fun doing this. <laughs> oh my god, we did, we did. And I, I even saw one of the guys um filming, he was like recording from his phone. So I was like, oh, we must have lit it up because he was like recording from his phone. like, who the hell is this girl? And this they asked me, they were like, Are you a character? I'm like, what? What do you mean? They're like, what character is this? I'm like, or I'm me? I'm being myself, but um basically got um some of my, my gear from Ritzy Glitzy Spider once again. She, and she came up with the little spiky um, spider, the Ritzy Glitzy Spider neck piece. And um, pretty much, I just wanted to give like a Jetson meets Flintstone vibe, but with a Quisha spin on it. And we just lit that shit up. So yeah. <laughs> That's dope right there. Uh, what's your thoughts on the women rappers right now and how, how you guys are taking over the game? I mean, I'm supporting everything female. Um, I love where we are because once upon a time, it was very scarce. You were kind of looking like, you know, people were like, oh, it's expensive to have a female um, hair, makeup, blah, blah, blah. And I can tell you as an indie artist, it is expensive. Every time I'm going to do something, I don't care if I'm just making an appearance somewhere, um, it can get a little bit hefty. But um, for the most part, I love where we are. I feel like we should be able to express our, ourselves. We're getting a lot of um, kickback for the fact that you know, a lot of women are expressing what they're going through. And it's, it, to me, it's like, it's realistic. Some women, they, you know, they might go through a breakup. Some women like to talk about twerking. Some women like to talk about tricking. Some women like to talk about their sexual experiences. Wh whatever it may be, I feel like guys have dominated for the longest. You know, we had to listen to the trap and we had to listen to the kill them, bang, bang. And, oh, I got 32 B bitches and, and all of this, all of this stuff, you know. And it was just kind of like one of those things where, it's like, what, what, makes, what gives anybody the right to silence us? You know what I mean? At the end of the day, you have a, a choice. You can turn it on or turn it off. If you don't want your daughter listening to it, guess what you can do? You can turn it off because for years, our sons had to listen to the trap and our sons had to listen to dogging out women and misogynistic music, you know? And don't get me wrong, I come from trap, from the trap era, I come from crunk, I come from all of that. So I just love music. I love what makes me feel good. I don't really have a favorite female rapper. I don't have a favorite of anything, not a favorite color, not a favorite food. Like I just love what makes me feel good. And so where we are as far as females, I feel like the portal is open. This is a to be able to express ourselves, to make it out of adversity. And I feel like the floodgates are open and I'm about to bust through that mouth. You feel me? Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why I'm always kicking. If you ever see me on stage, that's why I'm kicking, because I'm, I'm opening up a new portal, and I'm like, let me in. And now that I'm here, ha! Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 
So yeah. that's so, my take on feedback. Gotcha. So should fans <laughs> expect a new album from you soon, or are you kind of just focusing on Mosh Pit and some other singles at this point? Um, so it's kind of like a tug of war with that. Oftentimes, you know, people want to tell you, you need to just drop numerous singles. People tell you, you need to put out an album. So I kind of find it hard to find myself in that. So right now I'm pushing Heroic and Mosh Pit. I'm on like festival music vibes, um, stuff that I can, that can really get the crowd going, but I have a lot of conscious music. I have two albums out already. I have a pop off that's more like a fun party vibe. And then I have Sage the World that I created in 2020 um, that kind of reflected the times, what we were going through as far as the cops killing us, as far as like the um, water boys in Atlanta, you know, people dogging them, giving them a bad name instead of, I mean, it did kind of get bad, but I'm the one in the beginning, I was here when little boys would be, you know, asking for change for, you know, they want a football team and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And so I'm just like, man, these kids could be out here shooting people up, killing people, but they selling water. So just give them a chance. And if you can get a hold of one of them, why don't you say, hey, little bro, pull over to the side, man. Let me, let me, let me talk to you a minute about X, Y, Z. You did that all wrong, whatever. I mean, granted, some of the water boys, the snatch purse, they do certain things, but the ones that I know that are genuinely just trying to make an income, I, I reflected the times with that. So what you can expect for Quisha, from Quisha, um, it's for me to basically go hard, you know, with the music that I've got. But once you tap into me, you will see the depth of me that is so much more than just a girl that's trying to kick and scream and have her way. Um, I'm telling my story and the story of so many other women that look just like me, of the ordinary girl. I don't ever want to talk about broke bitches and, you know, um, how much I'm better than people and how much ice I got and stuff like that. If that's your story, that's cool. But I'm just saying with mine, for my, for my narrative, I want to be on empowerment. So you can expect a lot of festival vibes. You can expect my Mosh Pit video that's going to be dropping on Halloween and we going crazy. If you know me or don't know me, you need to pull up to that because if you've seen my videos, you need to go on YouTube right now. If you haven't, I pretty much, um, creatively direct all my videos with um, Timothy Lynch and uh, Raw Country. And pretty much um, this one is gonna be a different vibe. So you can be expecting that to come up next and just to hear so much more about me. I'm busting that portal wide open. I'm here. There yeah, it is. Yeah. What's some goals you got set for yourself, whether it's short term or long term? So short term goals, and it seems like a long term goal, but one of my short term goals is to be like the 411 pain of life insurance. Hmm. Um, I don't think there's anybody like me. You know, you see a lot of girls come out and they have their stories, but my story is exactly what I told you. You know, the sales girl, the single mom out here trying to make it, struggling, living in the hood, and basically just telling my story. And I just decided to stop um, chasing perfection, um, pursue a career in life insurance after everything kind of died down with the hookahs or whatnot. And um, short term goes, goes, let's get to it. So to be the 411 pain of life insurance, billboards, I have a jingle. Um, pretty much just promotion everywhere in the city and then we're gonna go nationwide with it. That's one of them. Um, the second is um, we're rebranding ATL hookahs. So we'll have hookahs for sale coming up soon in the winter. Um, different flavors, different um, hookahs, stuff like that. So you can expect that from us. And one of my short term goals is to just um, build my fan base to really, really connect with people and um, especially women that are going through certain things, women that may feel like, girl, you don't gotta feel like a bum because you're going through it. Let me tell you something. A bum is a person that just sit on their ass every single day and watch the, their life go by. And they don't, they just continue to have a pity party. You know what I mean? But that could be depression also. And I've been through that. So I just wanna encourage women that listen to my music, um, you know, as far as my short term goals, that there is hope. You have to have a mindset to win and I want to, be able to have girls or women and men too, um, to, to basically look at my story 
and decide to make a change for the better for themselves. So those are three short-term goals. I hope I covered that. So yeah. <laughs> now you're good. Yeah. All right. Um, one last thing I do want to say, because we were talking about female rap. Mm -hmm. A lot of times when you go out to a certain atmosphere, like you gotta realize women just be dominating right now. And if you don't like it, you just gotta get with it. If you are a rapper or you have a team and you don't have a female, you're thinking wrong. You need to have multiple females. Like they pin us against, against each other and try to make us be, um, you know, very competitive. However, I get a lot of embrace and I embrace a lot of women. I really very rarely see any women hating. It's kind of strange that people say, oh, my haters. I never really address that because it's so much love out here. And one of the things that I want to say with female rap is that we're all coming together. You know what I mean? Um, you have a little sprinkle, sprinkle, dinkle, dinkle that kind of, they may, you know, um, they may kind of do, they may kind of not stick together, but that's not in my narrative. That's not a picture I'm trying to paint. But one of the things I want to say is um, I want to talk about playing female rap. You go to a club, it's really stiff in the club. You got a lot of beautiful women in Atlanta, especially the men are outnumbered by the women. So it's like, why are you playing kill em, kill em, bang, bang? Why are you killing, playing trap music? Why are you playing all of this stuff instead of the music that's dominating, instead of the stuff that you see on your phone every single day? If you want your club to go up, I challenge you DJs to play female rap, also book female DJs because they know the vibe to assess. And basically I would challenge you, play all of that shoot em, bang, bang stuff that you playing. And the minute that you turn on Cardi, the minute you turn on Megan, the minute you turn on Glorilla, your whole entire club is going to quake. The minute you turn on Sexy Red, your whole entire club is going to quake. Um, not saying that they're not playing those girls, but when I go places in Atlanta, unless it's like an appearance, they're probably playing about maybe 10 female rap songs and the whole entire time, it feels like a sausage party in my ears. Like, um, I can't say pause because I'm a female, but I just want to say play female rap. I challenge you, do the, do the feed, play female rap challenge. Play your, play your trap music, play your men's songs, okay? Play those and watch us, girl. We're going to smoke our hookah. We're going to take our pictures. Hey, we're going to twerk a little bit. But the minute that you play that female rap, your club is going to be an earthquake in there. I challenge you to do it, and you're going to see that if your parties are boring, it's because you're not playing enough female rap. All right, okay. Wish I had a finger right now. <laughs> All right, do you got any shout-outs you'd like to give before we wrap it up here, Quisha? Um, I want to give a shout out to um, JYZ and the Playlist Academy. Um, one of the things I didn't really um, speak about was how we kind of, I was doing a hookahs at Bonfire um, last year, um, but then I ended up having to go on tour with Scotty ATL and the Playlist Academy, and basically um, kind of had to put that on pause for a minute while we were doing that. And shout out to Bonfire for saying, yo, you the hookah queen, but you ain't doing hookahs, you need to get up in here. Shout out Terry, shout out um, Adrian. But um, basically, P Playlist Academy, is like an artist development type of wave. And so it teaches you how to basically become a better artist. And so um, long story short, got in with that. Within like two months, I was on tour. Um, they teach you about selling tickets. A lot of times people be having 100,000 followers, a million followers, but can't even sell 100 tickets. So the Playlist Academy, I just want to shout you out. I want to shout out JYs. I want to shout out Jimmy um, for the opportunity. Shout out Stankonia Big Boy. Shout out Renegade because of the simple fact that they allow us artists in the city. I don't think there's anything that's like this. There are some that kind of act like they're like this, but they don't go through the steps that we go through. Um, we literally went through Ticketmaster and sold out 1,000 tickets. Um, you know, at center stage at the big one. And there are a lot of artists that we found out that were right up under us that couldn't even sell it out, not even half. So I just want to say um, shout out to JYZ and the Playlist Academy. Shout out to Jimmy. Shout out to Flippin' Love. 
Um, shout out to, you know, everybody that, that pulls up on me religiously, to all the people in sales, all my baddie bays, all my bad boys, to the people that believe in me. Shout out to Mike Picks ATL for being my photographer. Um, for telling me to come out, open mic ATL for giving me a chance, take off ATL for having a platform for artists. Like, it's so many I could really go on, the list yeah. goes on. I know I have a lot more interviews and opportunities to shout people out, but those are some of the people. Um, Rissy Glitzy Spider um, and Kennedy Creates, those are some of the people that I really just want to say thank you to because without y'all, there is no me. And um, I want to shout out Leslie for being my coach in the Playlist Academy, for basically, you know, um, telling me a lot of times, y'all uh, artists, y'all be holding the microphone and when you be performing, you perform like this. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, you hard, but like, can you bring it down a notch? And she basically taught me how to use my voice, how to rap over the beat instead of rapping over my voice. So I just want to say, Playlist Academy, thank you because um, you helped to put the icing on this cake. You put the cherry on top. So I just want to say shout out to all of those people and shout out to my city. Get behind your city. It's a movement going on and they're trying to make it seem like Atlanta don't have the wave, but I'm here to tell you right now, ATL Hookah Queen is here. I'm kicking in that portal, baby, and I ain't going nowhere. So yeah, shout out to my city. Bands on it, time to switch, huh? I've been dodging fuck shit in this matrix, watch me.